It has been a busy week, a heavy week for the royal family. I know. We're thinking about the royal family, but we haven't talked about them for a while. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the second hour of the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. I'm the Bradley. Dawn will be back with us hopefully tomorrow. Uh, She's a little under the weather, but we wish her all the best. And Mike is back from his Vegas extravaganza. Yes. And uh, he's he's got a slot machine app on his phone. He's been playing it. I'm kidding. Um, we haven't talked about the royal family in a long time, Mike. But you've no doubt seen mm-hmm. the sad news that King Charles was diagnosed with a form of cancer. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I believe, or was it even the day before? Now I can't remember. But we don't have many details on exactly what kind of cancer he's facing. But it sounds like. He's already begun his treatment. He's already headed off to Sandringham uh, to recuperate following uh, the beginning of his treatment. Okay. And it also sounds like he's going to take a step back from his public-facing duties, but he's still going to be doing the, like, day-to-day king thing. Got it. You know, uh, I know you watch The Crown, mm-hmm. so this will sound familiar to you, but for the audience, like, the king's got this box that he goes through yeah. every day, so he's still getting his box. All right. And uh, going through stuff, but... Sadly, of course, dealing with cancer. Although I will say I did see the British prime minister referenced his cancer uh, in a story I read earlier today that said they caught it early, which I think is a good sign, Mm -hmm. whatever cancer it is. And it's, by the way, also seemingly unrelated to his prostate. Jamie said this last night. He's like, I can't believe you're talking about the king's prostate. It's like, I have never heard the word prostate so much in my life. But yeah, so he went in for this like benign... Uh, procedure or this procedure for a benign issue with his prostate and when they did that procedure they found uh, this cancer but it doesn't sound like the cancer is prostate related okay so I don't know like why they wouldn't just say what kind of cancer do you think it's like they don't know fully yet or what well this is kind of odd because there's I mean we've still we we see this with the royal family a lot where if they do have medical situations or things come up we normally don't get a lot of details about it at all so it's surprising that they're even coming out with this much, but maybe just given the fact that it is as severe as, you know, a cancer diagnosis, that that's why they're going to be talking about it. But I guess I'm not too shocked that it's not super, super specific. Yeah, um, well, I what I find weird is that they're super specific about, like, his prostate. Yeah, exactly. And that it's not prostate cancer, but then they're not talking about what it is. Mm-hmm. I did hear, though, uh, from a report on the BBC that one of the reasons we know he actually had the cancer diagnosis is because he has a number of cancer charities that he is connected to and felt like it was important to share the diagnosis so that people could feel a certain connection if they too have been struggling with cancer. So it sounds like it was out of an attempt to, you know, allow people to identify. And I guess when he did have his initial here, I'm going to say the word again. Yep. Prostate. It led to an increase over in the UK of people calling their doctors to get uh, increased screenings. Nice. Okay. And uh, we did have a nice listener who reached out and said, get a screening. So I bet there will be a lot of people here, too, who will, you know, think about that and reach out to their doctors, what That's have smart. you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So did you see the- good from it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Did you see the news that Harry went over for a I quick visit? I did, which actually at first made me a little concerned. I was thinking, okay, man, why? if it's that, well, just because if it's, 
it seems like it's a severe situation if, you know, they're going to put everything aside and just be like, no, no, I have to get back and, and see see him right now. So, but I'm, I'm hoping your other, what you heard, that it yeah. was a very early and not maybe a super, super severe version of it. But uh, it is nice to see, though, that they are mending the fences a little bit here. Yeah, that must be. I mean, so all we know is he headed over to, to see his dad and then left really quickly. So they, they had a meeting okay. and then went their separate ways. And he didn't... Um, see his brother while he was there. Got it. So whatever uh, relationship, <laughs> you know, he's trying to mend with his father doesn't seem to be uh, with William. Yeah. At this point, but I could. I mean, I, I, when somebody like this, like if if somebody you're close to is diagnosed with cancer and you've had a tumultuous relationship, you would hope that you would take the opportunity to come to some sort of understanding so that you 100%. could spend more time with each other it yeah. does show you though that the level of strain in their relationship because if my parent was diagnosed and was beginning treatment i think i would go for more than a quick meeting yeah it almost feels like i wonder if that is maybe related to his brother and the fact that he doesn't want to yeah. spend a lot of time there or be around those people for a, for a very large well, amount of time and that and that family doesn't have a lot well in the way of you know that's the other thing too. Physical you can't, contact, you can't really emotional yeah. connection. We can't put what we love. would do in these situations because, like you said, the love just hasn't never really been there, and it's very, you know, odd when you yeah. they hug each other. So I know. Did you? Did you guys have you finished yet? You, you finished. Yeah, we finished, finished the crown. A long yep, time yep, ago. Yep, finished a long time ago. We yeah. have not finished the crown because I want Jamie to catch up on the rest of the season before we or the series before mm-hmm. we finish the season. So we've watched all the way up to the last episode of the new season. Yeah but are waiting on that last episode to finish the back episodes that he hadn't seen so that, cause I just didn't want to have to watch the last episode of the crown yeah. of the series. Cause the series, for those of you who don't know has ended. So mm-hmm. if you've ever thought of watching it now would be a great time. Cause you could just watch it all at once. Uh, I didn't want to have to like go back and watch back episodes bef- sure. after I finished it. I just yep. want to be done. Yep. And they do an amazing job of wrapping it up oh, good. and having it just completely... Was it emo? Were you emotional? Yes, very much so. Very emotional. And I was going to talk about the one of the most, and again, this isn't too much of a spoiler, yeah. but in those later episodes when um, Charles and, uh, or when they, they come back together and William actually embraces Charles and they have that moment together in the, in the garden, that was really, I, I don't know, that was one of the most emotional parts of the second half, just because of the fact that, like we said, there isn't a lot of physical con- uh, contact. There isn't a lot of love between this family. They never have had it, and it's just it's nice to to see a moment like that where that kind of breaks through, and and that was one of the more emotional parts of the show for me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, have you ever followed Taylor Swift's private jet? I have not. I mean, I've th- I think there's some social media accounts out there that'll like post some different things about it. So I've seen that, and mostly it was only when I was wondering if she was going to come here for the Minnesota Vikings game because you oh, may remember right. the yes. week after all of this. Wait, Taylor Swift's going to start showing up at games. We were like the second. We were the second team. Yeah, and uh, the Kansas City was playing here in Minnesota. The ticket prices just shot through the roof. We had reports that oh, she's here. She's not here. She's planning on coming here. She's not going to plan on coming here. They had a box all set up with the little X marked on it for the TV broadcast. Yeah. Like, that means that's her box and never happened. Well, this college student has set up an account to okay. like track celebrity private jets. In fact, we used to talk about it on the show all the time because I would follow this account because you could see where Kim Kardashian's oh, jet sure. was. And that was super important when <laughs> by important, I mean completely not at all. <laughs> yeah. But in our world, when she and Pete Davidson were on the outs, yep. there was this whole moment where she 
went to see him and it was thought that that was like their last attempt. And then she like flew off in her private jet and we could, you know, see it. Well, these accounts track private jets based on public data that's available to everyone, courtesy of the FAA. Well, Taylor's people are not amused, especially with one college kid's account, and they have sent a cease and desist letter. We're going to talk about that story, and um, then maybe we're going to pretend that we don't want to know every living detail about our favorite celebrities when we come back right here on Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Innocent obsession with your favorite celebrities or mild stalking (laughs) or overt stalking. You decide. That's what we're about to talk about here on the Adventures of Bradley and Don on my talk 1071. I'm the Bradley. Don will be back with us tomorrow, fingers crossed. And Mike, I asked you before we went to break yeah. if you've ever tracked Taylor Swift's private jet online. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said, well, you know, of course, like when we wanted to know if she was coming here to play at the big or to, to see Travis yeah. when they played, uh, you know, we checked that uh, account out or we looked for that information online. Other than that, I don't think I would need to know. I mean, it's, yeah, unless you're, like, weirdly obsessed, right? Exactly. Well, I think it's that possibility of weird obsession that scared Taylor Swift's attorneys, or at least motivated them to threaten some legal action against a gentleman by the name of Jack Sweeney, who's a college student who runs social media accounts that track the flights of not just Taylor Swift, but other celebrities and their private jets, or I should say, via their private jets. It's not like he's like, and uh, Taylor Swift is over here doing this. Um, I will say I've used these like social media accounts before when we talked about Taylor, not just Taylor Swift, but Kim Kardashian, other like, you know, there was this whole kerfuffle, I think, uh, with Elon Musk and his private jet getting, uh, or being monitored. But the interesting thing is, and I think here's where I, 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 uh, I think the question is bigger than just one person's social media account. And that's that Jack Sweeney and others who post this information online are just relying on publicly available information that the FAA provides. Yeah. And so the better question might be to the FAA, why is this information publicly available? For sure. Um, That said, I totally understand why if you're a celebrity who, by the way, let's, remind people that Taylor Swift has had to deal with stalkers quite publicly yeah, and quite intimately in the past. And it seems like that's something that's been happening more and more regularly, not just for her, but just big stars in general. There were, there was a guy that jumped on stage for Drew Barrymore oh, had God. that yeah, stalker. And we had all, there was like yeah. a, a series of those events. Exactly. And it's just like, it seems like there's something that's kind of, I don't know what 
is making them have that decision to do that and to be as bold as they are about it. But uh, it seems like it's something that's becoming bigger and bigger, which means it's no surprise that they've uh, decided to take this step. Now, he did have this account, uh, public social media account, Jack Sweeney did, called simply Taylor Swift Jets, mm-hmm. which uh, monitored her Jets tracking and whereabouts. That seems a little specific, right? Like if you just have an account that's got all of the, you know, like all the publicly available data for, uh, you know, high profile people's jets. Okay. It seems a little specific to, you know, target one celebrity and make it that readily available. I will say, though, that account had gone dark in recent months, according to TMZ anyway. And that's because I guess Taylor's people have gotten to him before. So I'm not sure. It sounds like his attorneys, though at least from what I've read, have really pushed back saying this is all publicly available information. This is not stalking. Yep. But I do think it's like an interesting question, right? Like, where's the line? Because, again, one person's stalking is another person's freedom of information. Sure. And one for us, I mean, to go walk out onto the street, we've got the ability to do that and walk to somewhere. Exactly. Obviously, Taylor Swift doesn't have that. Yep. So should somebody in that situation or just be protected in a way that we're not protected because nobody cares about where we're at on a plane yeah. or where we're driving in our car. But this is specifically telling people exactly where they're going to be, when they're going to be there, when they're going to be landing. And it just seems like it might be a little excessive because it could potentially be dangerous. Yeah. And it's also one of those things where like a lot of information is publicly available, but you kind of have to work to get it. Like sure. It's okay for the data to be there for the people that need to go looking for it. Mm-hmm. And if somebody is that hell bent on getting the info, they'll get it. You know, the same way that if somebody wants to know where I live, uh, they can find that information. But if they started posting that information online, I'd be like, ah, okay, that's not cool. Mm -hmm. So I I can totally empathize with the celebrities in this case. Like, hey, uh, I'm specifically being targeted by specific individuals who keep showing up at my different properties. Uh, Could we maybe, you know, make it harder for these people to do that behavior? So uh, it's like, on the one hand, I understand, but on the other hand, it's like, well, why is it, why is that information publicly available? For sure. Who, who is, uh, is it something that the FCC would have to be involved with and trying to figure out, okay, or, you know, good luck trying to get anything (laughs) on it. But uh, but. this is, but this is the interesting thing, or the FAA, FAA, I should have said, but this is, um, it's also interesting because we talked last week about the um, the AI porn situation on mm, Taylor yep. Swift, and it's like, okay, now you're seeing something that's already been out there, it's already been happening, but now it's happening at a specific person yeah. who can actually influence and all these people change. who showed up and were like, oh my god, look what yeah. they did, and it's like, um, yeah, I'm here to tell you, I have accidentally clicked on things before, <laughs> and there is some stuff that's been out there for a long time. Just say there's probably a reason why they changed the name from Twitter to X because I, oh, it's unbelievable also, how much just random garbage is on there, aka bad porn yeah. or whatever. Yep. Yeah, porn Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's not hard. Yeah, it's not difficult. Yeah. You search me. the trending topics and you all hit something. Hit something that's like don't oh, ever seems, hit the trending. Never. Do you know how many times I've been in the studio just yeah. like. Preparing for the show, like, oh, what's this? Oh my God! Taylor Swift scroll, is scroll, scroll, yeah, scroll. It was trending. Let me go hit the last. Uh, uh, what was uh, tweeted last? And oh, but that was a bad, bad idea. Yeah, so no. it's 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 rough spot right now. But but again, like most things, mm-hmm. and we've said this before, whether it's the artificial intelligence debate, whether it's Ticketmaster, perhaps this particular issue might actually get some sort of resolution because of Taylor Swift and because she is such a ubiquitous celebrity or she's somebody that has the 
not power, but the influence, the audience to actually push something to change. For sure. Which is really, really kind of, I don't know, it seems like kind of sad, but at the same time, if it gets something done, good. Yeah. And it's, and this is a step further because these apps also are tracking like the one that uh, it has here. It's talking about the gallons of gas that it's using. It's talking about the cost of the fuel and the pounds of jet fuel used and the CO2 emissions. And that was one of those really hot topics. Not too yeah, because we, about- we call like mm-hmm. people were calling out celebrities. And yeah. I, I actually thought that was a valuable contribution to the conversation. Sure. But it's, yeah, it's just interesting, though, especially with like Taylor Swift, whereas when you look at countries. GDP. This country's GDP changed because of what Taylor Swift was doing. Yeah. Cities saw like this unbelievable uh, upswing in in sales and everything, and all this revenue that was generated from her show and from her tours and from her movies. I don't know. Sometimes I think that gets lost uh, on some of the topics when it's like, oh, they use this much jet fuel. Yeah, but they're going around making this big of an impact in yeah. this world and making a lot of people. We do a lot hold of celebrities to a standard sometimes that we might hold each other to, which sure. would be totally valid but to your point she's literally creating jobs wherever she goes yeah that's not to just say you know she can do mm-hmm. whatever she of wants course. i think to me the more interesting argument when it comes to that like the jet fuel thing is like if you're going off to conferences to tell people that they should fly less and you know like you like that you and i should do less yep. and be more aware of our carbon footprint mm-hmm. meanwhile they're not yeah i'm like i don't know if that's agreed know, that's a little hypocritical but to the point that you're making, the amount of resources that she is using is greater, but she's also making more with those resources than the average person. Much bigger impact, yeah. yeah. Some of those numbers were just staggering when we saw like quarter three and four of certain cities like just jumped. Oh. The, and, and, and now it's going to happen from an international standpoint because this international tour is still going, so or is uh, at least really starting to kick off. And I think there is also like listen to two men talk about this on my talk, but like I think there is also a gender component to this conversation that nobody is criticizing, you know, male successful business yep. male, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Businessmen, successful businessmen are probably not getting as scrutinized as the way that Taylor Swift would be as if she's like aw shucks. I think part of it's difficult with her because she is a person, mm-hmm. but she's more than a person. And so we want to treat her like, oh, shucks, she's just the girl next door. When really, no, she's a very shrewd, very successful, very calculating, thoughtful businesswoman. Yeah. If you haven't watched that uh, Miss Americana yet, uh, it's amazing just to see how she created this and what she has created. And we talked about the marketing team always behind her. And it was like, man, she's... Heck of a good business person who really knew the right people to hire around her and uh, allowed them to do what they're best at. Where can you watch that? That one's on uh, Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you like when they bring bread around to a restaurant? Like you're at a restaurant and they bring a bread basket? Well, of course. Well, increasingly, I feel like they've started to keep those bread baskets under lock and key. And we need to talk about it. Okay. So let's have a little carbohydrate chat when we return. We're talking from Taylor Swift to bread right here on My Talk 107. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Are you a fan of the bread basket? I mean, who's not afraid of the, or a fan of the bread basket, Mike? I don't want to meet him. Right. Well, I guess a lot of people actually, because now that I say that, I, I'm increasingly reminded that I live in a world where people like run away from carbs, like it's the plague or the devil, or it's like the worst thing that's gonna affect their life. But I am a fan of the good old fashioned bread basket. And you're like, why are we talking about this? Well, <laughs> it came up in conversation yesterday in a conversation we had about uh, family restaurants or chain restaurants. And just like, oh, I just love a good bread basket, man. When they drop down some carbs or, and in fact, somebody mentioned that Stephanie March uh, brought up a restaurant that actually has like a waffle instead of bread service. They have waffle fry service. Oh, wow. So they bring to your table waffle fries. Love it. I mean, I'm here for that too. And it reminded me of a dinner we had recently when I was down in Florida, seeing my mom and my cousin for her birthday on the menu of one of the restaurants we love to go to when we're down there, you have to order the bread service now. Like it's in a tiny little spot on the menu. And like you normally it used to be that they just bring the bread back. Sure. Yep. Right. And I feel like that was a pretty common behavior for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's the decline of people's interest in carbs or it's a cost cutting thing. And if anybody knows, by the way, 651-641-1071, drop us a line. But um, increasingly, you either just don't get bread or you got to pay for it. Yeah. And I don't understand why. No. We want bread. It's Who doesn't good. want bread? I think we all want it. And it's great to set that little base up because then if you do that, then you're <laughs> going to you know, get your body ready for what's about to happen to it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, tortilla chips? Yes. Bread? But specifically works. bread. Is there, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of a restaurant here that we go to where I'm obsessed with the bread basket, but. I got one. Which, Cheesecake Factory. They have a very good bread. They do a really good bread they basket? They got a good bread okay. basket, yeah. It's usually three different types of bread. They've got some of that uh, butter there for you to do to to do it up. There's also Texas Roadhouse, of course, which has the uh, oh, cinnamon butter. that was one of the conversations yeah. that came up, or one of the places that came up in the conversation yesterday. Mm -hmm. Dawn said she loves Texas Roadhouse, and I said, I don't think it's regular bread, though. What is it? I don't honestly know. I think I've only had it once or twice. I just know that butter has never left my mind. But is it like um, a cinnamon roll or I something? I don't remember. I know the br the or butter maybe... is cinnamon butter. Oh, and that's the big oh, differentiator oh, oh, oh. for it. me is I love that butter that they have. Got it. Um, if you want to take that call, I'll, I'll uh, flap my gums for a few seconds and talk about bread because you all know that I love bread. And seriously, can I just, can we just as a family agree that bread is okay. Bread's not going to kill you. You don't have to eat it for every meal. I get it. And like, try to find better bread because there's good bread and bad bread. And if you can find a place that offers really good bread, <sighs> indulge yourself. Cause ain't nothing better than a little slab of, or a little piece of bread and a slab of butter. Who do we got on the line? Mike got Teresa on the line. Teresa, what do you know? So I, this is all the years ago. Um, Red Lobster stopped bringing Cheddar Bay biscuits out to the table right away because if the server waited, 
until after they took the orders to bring them out, people would order appetizers. If they brought the cheddar bay biscuits out right away, everybody would look at the table and go, we got these free biscuits, why order appetizers? But, I mean, that's quite a while ago. I would venture a guess it's more of a cost cutter. They're not going to bring it out if the table doesn't want it. Yeah. The last time I was at Outback, they said, do you want bread? And I'm fine with, like, yeah, because, I, you know, if it's coming from a place of either cost savings or even to, like, eliminate food waste, because you would hate to bring out a bread basket and the table's like, yeah, we're gluten-free or, you know, we just Mm -hmm. don't eat bread. And then they're going to, like, have to throw that bread away or something. So I would be all down for just not offering it. But to, to, like, nickel and dime somebody for a basket of bread seems a little ridiculous. Yeah, like I said, I think it's probably more cost savings. We're not going to give give you something you don't want to eat. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, thanks for sharing, honey. You bet. All right. Um, By the way, when you, you when I found out that you can get those, you can just like order those Cheddar Bay biscuits. Like, just swing on over there and say, "Hey, can I get a dozen of Cheddar Bay biscuits?" You like, could just like go pick up a dozen. Yeah, oh and God. it's awesome. Really? Because then you'd be like, oh, what are we having for dinner? I'd be driving, you know, to Sarah's or whatever. But we're, and you would we, pick up a dozen but Cheddar Bay Biscuits. As I was driving by, because a lot of times I'd come down on a Friday night because I was living in a different town. We were long-distance relationship for a while. And I would always drive right by the Red Lobster. And she'd be like, yeah, I'm making dinner. And I was like, well, would some Cheddar Bay Biscuits go well oh with that God. dinner? So I'd swing by. So I love this because yeah. you, uh, just like Jamie and I, you connect through food. Mm-hmm. Sure. And food is love. I love the idea of stopping off. And that's just a great idea generally. Yeah, like if if some place has like really good bread or sides or something, it's perfect. And Works you just great. want to pick it up, and it's got to be relatively cheap. It I is. Imagine. I want to say like it was shockingly cheap. Like I think it was. I don't want to name the exact price, but it was. I think it was like ten bucks, maybe less yeah. than ten bucks, maybe for twelve or whatever it was. We, Super cheap. We just had a whole conversation about bread before the show today with B. Arthur and other people in the office, and it revolved around just like how amazing bread is they were they had questions about sourdough which by the way we're going to get to in the second oh, yes. hour i should mention that mike is on his own sourdough journey and getting closer <laughs> by the day hopefully fingers crossed they'll take off on the start to the journey but we'll get to it well you know it's interesting so amy aka b arthur was like so what is the difference between sourdough and like yeast bread and i was like really sourdough is just a method which a lot of you know, a lot of you listening know all this already, but some people, it, you just why would you even think about it or care? But for sure, it's just a method of making bread. So it's doing it's doing yeast naturally, essentially, instead of buying packaged yeast. And the reason you would do that is because a lot of people say, myself included, that it increases the flavor, and it also increases your the ability for your body to to digest the bread. So a lot of the issues that people have with bread, I think sourdough can sort of you know get at some of those issues nice. okay but ultimately i think the most important thing is the flavor is just amazing on sourdough bread i could just talk about bread for the entire show mike it's and probably I listen, not because it's delicious probably not did you have any good bread while you were in uh, i'm trying to think any pastries now. um no pastries no didn't go that route at all it did have uh some bread along with the mozzarella that was delicious. So. Yeah, you guys. So Mike went to a casino and they had tables or a restaurant in the casino. They had tableside mozzarella. Yeah. What? 
And you said they served it with not just bread, but like a charcuterie yep, experience. Yep, they had a whole experience there. So a bunch of different types Have of. Have you ever made your own cheese before? I've never. That's like a new no. thing. Like I see people doing this all over all. the internet. Okay. Um, whether it's mozzarella mm-hmm. or ricotta, there's also because I think the two are actually connected because the process of making mozzarella cheese, the leftover whey you can then make into ricotta. Got it. So okay. It's like a whole connected kind of thing, and I it. I have not indulged the cheese making process yet, although I do make my own kefir cheese, mm-hmm. which is an entire separate nerdy conversation that we don't need to have right now. Yeah, because uh, after they made it, that's the one thing I just noticed is sometimes you get mozzarella if you buy it like packaged in a little chunk, it can yeah. kind of get a little tough and it's it's pretty thick. Where this was just fresh and still warm and awesome and amazing and just isn't melted. it fun to have food like that? Like mm-hmm. you discover food the way that it was supposed to be, you know, like the. the the true form of that food. Yeah. It's like we grew up eating mozzarella cheese on pizza that was probably not like the best mozzarella sure. ever. And like Italians would probably be like, that's not mozzarella. Mm-hmm. But that's all we knew. And then you have something like what you just had. Yeah. Same with bread. Like you, the first time we had sourdough bread, Jamie and I were like, what the hell? <laughs> this is actual bread. And actually for my entree when we were eating there, I had gnocchi. And the gnocchi that I had was so, it almost tasted more like a cheese. Like it was so light and just easy to eat yeah. and it wasn't like heavy so and stodgy. It was and, not heavy at yeah. all. It was the best no I've ever had in my entire life. It was so so good. This was in that same restaurant, super the same re- mm-hmm. restaurant in Vegas. Do yeah. you have any other amazing food while you were in Vegas? Uh, we just there's a ramen place. My buddy oh, really, yeah, you really said ramen. So yeah, we did uh, ramen for one of the lunches. That was very very good, very authentic feeling. Awesome uh, ramen with some. Uh, pork belly and egg and everything in there that was delicious ramen is another one of those things like you have ramen the way it's meant to be like mm-hmm. again you don't have to get too like fancy about it but to just have something that's like thoughtfully prepared and you're like whoa this is not the ramen i thought i knew yeah right definitely and that was uh it was very good I'm trying to remember i don't really think uh there was any other big meals besides that no yeah well mm. it's fine it's more of an opera or uh, another reason to go back to Vegas exactly. the next time. That was that's it. what always is fun, you know, depending on the group that you go with. Like last time Sarah and I was there, we went and there's so many good places at like the uh a lot of very good Italian restaurants at like uh, Venetian and that area that looks oh, like you're. I bet. It looks like you're walking in Italy, but it's you're actually inside. But there's no yep. sky up and in they've the got top the canal. And, and they got the canal that you. Well, can then ride. there's uh, what is it? Paris. Yeah, Paris as well. Yep. Where you're inside, but it looks like the the ceiling is painted like a sky. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. So yeah, I walked through there, and uh, you said the rain was such that people were literally like slipping. Uh, that and sliding. was one of the issues. They're not used to having rain, obviously, in Vegas because it doesn't rain much out there in the desert, you know. Uh, but uh, they did uh, they did have a lot of rain, including like kind of downpoury. The when I woke up on uh, yesterday is that morning connected to what's going on in L.A. or that part of California because they're having yeah. that atmospheric river. Yeah, that's hanging out overhead. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's all part of that or not, but it was uh, kind of downpouring and uh, raining pretty hard. But then there were certain areas where you're walking along the strip and it's like normal concrete walkway. And then all of a sudden they like painted it purple to kind of go with the aesthetic of one of the casinos. And when you hit that part, it was like glaze ice with, oh, the, with the rain on it. So there were people slipping and falling all over. I'm like, like man, like, I can't I'm just believe. not moving. I'm yeah. Just plant myself with a beer. At, at that point, I was struggling a little bit gambling. So I was like, maybe if I just, you know, slip in the right direction, I can have this casino pay for the rest yeah, of my trip. You wouldn't be the first, Mike. <laughs> nice try. They probably got cameras everywhere. <laughs> That dude but, just threw himself on the ground. Yeah, maybe. No, but uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a blast. All right. When we come back, 
we need to talk about Oprah and we yes. need to talk about Justin. Why? Well, because allegedly, supposedly, I don't know, it's probably a bunch of lies, but I still want to talk about the possibility that Justin Timberlake would sit down with Oprah for a, quote, tell-all because he's not happy with the way we've been talking about him. I don't know about that, but we'll discuss when we come back right here. on. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. My Talk website or app. What do you think? Justin Timberlake sits down with Oprah and tells it all. Maybe gives a big fat apology to Britney and Janet Jackson. Mm, I doubt it. I don't think that's going to work. I don't either. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. I'm the Bradley. That's the Mike. And that is the question. The reason we're asking that question today is because there was a story over at page six that allegedly, supposedly... One, Justin Timberlake is just so frustrated with the way the story is being told on social media that he needs to sit down with Oprah. Now, this is being told to us via The Sun, via The Daily Mail. The Sun to The Daily Mail to the page six. So it's just a bunch of tabloid gossip. But let's <laughs> let's indulge the gossip a little bit because, Mike, that's what we do on my Absolutely. Talk. We indulge gossip on the regs. According to a new report, which doesn't even allege a source, it's just a report. I don't know, like somebody sat in the back room going, I think Justin wants to sit down with Oprah. Apparently, he's considering a tell-all interview with Oprah, uh, wherein, quote, Justin is not really happy with how things have gone down. He wanted his new music to speak for itself, but clearly that's not happening, Mike. His comments on stage have only added to the fire added fuel to the fire. The idea of a sit-down chat with someone like Oprah was floated months ago and is now back on the cards. A.K.A. his record and his album did not do as well as they thought it was going to do. So now he's trying to find any way to get some good press here. But again, I think given what he said, and we talked about this last week, given what he said when he basically said, I'm going to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely bleeping nobody and then saying cry me a river. It feels like he took a gamble or his team took a gamble on. We're going to bet against basically Brittany and where she's at, and where her fans are at. And we have enough of a standalone audience that by, Pitting ourselves against Britney and just basically saying, I don't care what they're saying about her. She's not like, you know, if in what he's in his mind is like enough people think she's crazy. Enough people think these negative thoughts about her that we can go head to head with her and we're still going to do fine numbers wise. And clearly Britney's song Selfish is doing better than his song Selfish, you know, from decades ago. I, I think that's totally plausible. And then I ask myself also. Who is a Justin Timberlake fan? Not that there aren't Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. fans, because there certainly are. Maybe not as many as he would like, because to your point, like uh, this uh, this record is uh, song. Because we do we have the whole album already? Um, sorry, no, I think we just have the song right now. Yeah. And a few different, yeah. So the song may be not doing as well as expected, and maybe the album won't do as well as expected. 
But you kind of assume that there is smaller audience for, well, I don't want to say smaller audience for Justin than Timberlake, a quieter audience for Justin than there is. Probably actually a wider audience for Justin, but quieter. Yeah. Versus Britney, smaller audience, but more vocal. Absolutely. And also by smaller, I mean maybe, but like she has a large fan base. The difference is her fan base is far louder mm-hmm. and able to cause trouble to the point that literally they can chart her music, especially in the age of streaming. This is also so much more relevant because you can make somebody chart really quickly. Sure. Uh, if everybody just goes online and is like, click, 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 click. I mean, Dawn literally was just during prep one day yeah. playing that song over and over and over again. Just, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people are probably doing the same. But then it begs the question, like, at what point does that, you know, at what point do you acknowledge that or do you just not? To your point, does Justin, do Justin's people just say no? Well, uh, depending on where the source was and who's the person who leaked this information to page six or to the tabloids, it sounds like maybe he's, you know, the light bulb moment happened for his team where it's like, okay, we need to either get ahead of this or this is just not going to bode well for it. Because I think, who is that fan? Like, is that somebody who's like, screw Britney? And I... Like, do they feel that way? Because Britney's fans feel that way about him. Yeah. But I don't think his fans would have, like, a strong opinion about it. I don't know what the narrative is in Justin Timberlake fandom world. I just know, like, so I'm, I've am i got some friends who are people that are my age who were, like, very much into Britney, loved Britney, and are, like, now... What's going on with Britney? And man, this oh, is everybody. Just, you know, everyone. When I go to that. the gym, everybody's yeah. like, "Okay, so what's is she?" And I'm like, "Look, I know it seems that way, but yeah. I want you to." And then you do the thing that you probably do as well, which is try to explain it, but it's hard to break through. One hundred percent. And I feel like those are the people. Every time this comes up, it came up during the my talkies. Every time I kept always saying, like, I think the general public doesn't quite have the same opinion of Justin as we do, and also. I don't always think when Britney's memoir came out, I was like, there's going to be a ton of people reading this book just from a fascination. But the Britney love, I think, is different than what it once was because of that. And just because of these people in my life that I know of that are like that. And I think that's the audience he was playing towards. It just proves that they didn't obviously care enough because the numbers just haven't uh, haven't been good for him, I don't think. Yeah. So and ironically, the album is called Everything I Thought It Was. And he's, you know, maybe it's not everything he thought it was. (laughs) Waiting for the follow-up album. Not everything (laughs) I thought it was. So, and by the way, that comes out in, um, I don't want to get too precise, but that comes out in 37 days, 8 hours, 9 minutes, and 7, 6, 5, 4 seconds. There's a countdown. Oh, that's cute. So, it's almost like that people not knowing as much about Britney is like a benefit, but also not for him. I I don't know. I thought it would be. I honestly thought, I I didn't necessarily hate his approach. And I don't know. We'll see again if the numbers bear it out or not. But like, I... Meaning just screw the noise. Basically, yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily always... I mean, I think that could have worked, perhaps. So I kind of can understand where his team is coming from to just be like, look, there's enough people out here that, yeah, you're going to have... This is going to be polarizing. I'm going to say this. A lot of people are going to hate it. Most people aren't going to care, and the people that don't care or the people that love us already are just going to lean into it even further. Yeah. And I think that was maybe a misstep. Yeah. Because people misunderestimate. under mm-hmm. They just underestimate. They misestimate. They sure. underestimate the power. 
It is hard though, right? To like, because I, I, it's hard for me to even remove the chatter that I have in my own head to kind of look pragmatically at these stories because we do just get caught up in such minutia. Yeah. Like you want to, like I want to be in a room with Justin and his creative team, and like, is there somebody going, "You guys, do you not understand?" <laughs> yes. People are rabid about mm-hmm. this issue because, like, you have to say something. But do his people look at, like, are you crazy? Like, nobody is, what are you bringing this up for? it? But, like, who's the crazy one? Yeah. The people avoiding you, it or the people that are, like, yelling about it? I think, and we saw this maybe with his movie career, and we saw this with some of the career choices he made. I think maybe in his mind, in his team's mind, in the people around him, he keeps feeling like, they don't need to punch down. Like they think the Britney stuff is beneath them at this point. Yeah. I almost I do like... also think it's a lose lose if he tries to explain himself. Yeah. Because then you just do look like you're punching down. Mm-hmm. And because of the weird world we live in where Britney is like a strong independent woman, but also you can't really challenge or criticize because of all of the hands she's had tied behind her back. Sure. It puts him in a, whether it's right or wrong, mm-hmm. it just puts him in a position where he's going to look like he's either attacking her, challenging her credibility, you know? So you almost think, well, what else could you do than ignore it? That adds such a really unique angle to it. Like you said, where it just feels like there's extra layers involved when it comes to Britney with everything that she dealt with, with the conservatorship, all of those things adds a different element to where you just have some built in sympathy for her and you're always going to have that built in sympathy for her. So when you see other artists maybe go the diss track route or they go the route of like, I'm going to start some controversy and we're going to see our sales numbers go up because you know, I'm fighting with Megan Thee Stallion, AKA Nicki Minaj or whatever the case may be. Taylor Swift with a, you know, and Olivia Rodrigo, whatever those little beefs are this is a very different one because you do have all that built-in sympathy with her and i think that's he's he's realizing that he's discovering that and that's why i think this is probably something that his team leaked that hey we want to get all the cards on the table now we would like to talk this out and maybe try to make our reputation look a little bit better yeah again we're just talking about the potential that he would do like a Mm sit-down interview i just think it would get royally roasted i mean nobody's has any sympathy for him uh but and then you don't know what Britney would do or say. And in any other feud, beef, battle, two sides of the story, this would be a normal back and forth. Yeah. But this just is not. There nope. is no, there can't be any back and forth because I just don't think people would. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think Justin could come up with any explanation or any experience or any story that's not going to end up making him look even worse. So but he, you also can't not live in the world. If you're an artist creating art, aren't you trying to say something about the life you've lived and the experience you've had? And so it has to be an interesting place for him in terms of like what he's carrying around in his head. But I also get where he's coming from because let's be honest, and this isn't the same apples apples because we're not yeah. in the same position as he is. But if somebody said something to you about you, you and attacked you the yeah. way that they did, yeah. the very first thing I would do is like, okay, where's the biggest platform I can get? Yeah. Where can I sit down and yeah. get all the cards on the table to clear this up? Yep. And he obviously, you can't always do that when you're a celebrity. Well, you have to trust that like the person is going to have your interest at exactly. heart and not their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Well... If he does do it, we'll certainly be there to watch and judge and have all sorts of opinions. <laughs> hey, when we come back, another story we haven't gotten to. It's another royal story. It's the story about Kate Middleton. There has been this weird uh, tabloid narrative about 
essentially saying that her medical procedure was far worse than we thought. Oh, wow. A listener tipped me off to this story. 